0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. What do you know and believe about God? And is what you believe about God accurate or are you guessing? It's important to know. Today, Pastor Kramer begins a new sermon series, God Is...
1: What do you know and believe about God? People have all kinds of answers to that question. Some are true and some are not. I'm beginning a sermon series today entitled, God Is. And we're going to spend the next few weeks in the Old Testament looking at what God wants us to know about himself. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, you are great beyond compare. As we worship today, we ask that you reveal your greatness to us once again through your holy word. Amen. The first part of today's reading is from Genesis 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit and which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. And God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. to
2: the lord the almighty the king of creation oh my soul us and
3: In life inaccessible, hid from our eyes Most blessed, most glorious, the Ancient of Days Almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise Unresting, unhasting, and silent as light no wanting, nor wasting, Thou rulest in might. Thy justice like mountains high, soaring above. Thy clouds which are mountains of goodness and of love. Change
1: And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. all the host of them and on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation in our apostles creed we say i believe in god okay what do you know and believe about god There are some crazy notions about God floating around out there, you know. In his book, Soul Searching, Christian Smith summarized perceptions about God that are prevalent in the church and in contemporary culture today. He said that most young evangelicals believed in what could best be described as moral, therapeutic deism. Moral implies that God wants us to be nice. He rewards the good and withholds from the naughty Therapeutic means that God just wants us to be happy. And deism means that God is distant and not involved in our daily lives. He may get involved occasionally, but on the whole, he functions like an idea, not a personal being actively present in our world. Actually, (laughs) that sounds more like Santa Claus, doesn't it? Someone once said, God made man in his own image, and man returned the favor. And that is a dangerous way to live. We need to get what we know and believe about God right. Pastor and author Eugene Peterson wrote, Nothing counts more in the way we live than what we believe about God. A failure to get it right in our minds becomes a failure to get it right in our lives. A wrong idea of God translates into sloppiness and cowardice, fearful minds and sickly emotions. Peterson's right. We don't want that for ourselves. So this series is about getting to know the things that God wants us to know about himself. We're using Old Testament narratives to gain some valuable insights on God, and then we'll finish up with his greatest revelation in the New Testament. In today's passage, God tells us he's the creator of heaven and earth. As the Apostles' Creed says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, we're told in verse 1. Let's look first at the very first four words there. In the beginning, God. That's important. God is the beginning, and God's the end. History is his story. This is the beginning of his story in Genesis. He made everything. He always was, is, and ever shall be. We did not create God. God created us. In our text for today, you probably notice, reads more like a liturgical passage with repetitions in it, making it easier to use in worship and easier to memorize. There's a pattern. God said, and it was so, and it was good, night and day. You see, the Bible's not meant to be read like a science textbook. We have to read it, think like Hebrews, when we read this account. It's basically making a strong statement, not so much on the how of creation, but on the who. The main point of Genesis 1 is, God made everything, and it was good, and it reminds us that since the creator always has rights of ownership, God owns all that he's made, and everything, including you and me. You're not on your own. You're not a free agent. Your life is a trust given to you by God. And we learn that you're the masterpiece of his creation as a human being. God saved the best for last. On the sixth day, he made man and woman in his own image. He blessed them, gave them dominion over the world to provide for themselves. Now, being created in God's image is a very special position. It sets us apart from the rest of the creation. It means we have a mind with which we can think, a will to make decisions, and we are eternal. We've been created to have a relationship with God, and we also have been given dominion over the, the earth to manage it. Human beings, as image bearers, are made to to work and to rule and to serve as God's stewards and to be surpassingly God-centered, to have a relationship with God. So the main theological truth that's been passed along to us today is, God created everything and he owns it. And it was a very good. This creation account has some personal implications for you and me, you know. Four things that I would like to pass on to you today. First, God's big, so therefore live like it. Trust him, obey him, worship him in all things. Christian author Dallas Willard wrote, I strongly believe that the way we live is a consequence of the size of our God. The problem many of us have is that our God is too small. We're not convinced that we're absolutely safe in the hands of a fully competent, all-knowing, ever-present God. When we wake up in the morning, what happens if we live with a small God? We live in a constant state of fear and anxiety because everything depends on us. Our mood will always be governed by our circumstances. We'll live in a universe that leaves us deeply vulnerable and afraid. We cannot be generous because our financial security depends on us. If somebody gets mad at us or disapproves of us, we will get all twisted up in knots because we won't have the security of knowing that a giant God is watching out for us. We need to live like he's got the whole world in his hands. It also means that we're to, to, that it's important to continually be turning to him as the inventor of us. In His Word and in prayer, knowing that as our Creator and Designer, He really does know what makes life work best. Now, the second thing we learn is that we were made by God for God. We're to walk with Him, have a dependent relationship with Him. Because the truth is, we need God. In him we live and move and have our being. He gives to humankind life and breath and everything, as the Apostle Paul says in Acts 17. So we live humbly, walking with God, acknowledging that truth, leaning heavily upon him. We live knowing that each of us is precious and important in his sight. He he doesn't make junk, that we're valuable to him. Jesus even said that when he pointed out all the creation around him and how God cared for it. He said, you're more valued than many sparrows. He even knows the number of hairs in your head. So you're valued. and He knows you. In fact, you're so valuable that when we rebelled against God in our sinfulness, he became one of us and sacrificed himself on a cruel cross to pay for your sins and mine to restore that broken relationship. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself to make us his own again. So Genesis 1 and 2 leaves no room for poor self-image. You're precious and important in his sight and you need to claim this truth. And this truth also has implications for how we are to see and treat other people as equals with dignity and respect, no matter what the color of one's skin or social standing or economic status or creed or conduct. It breaks God's heart to see hate crimes against Asians in our country, for instance, and white supremacy. This is not what God intended. It's outside what he wants. It's sinful. Now, the third thing we see is that we need to see ourselves as managers, not owners of his creation. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, wrote, The possessor of heaven and earth placed you not to be a proprietor, but as a steward. Steward means manager. So we need to ask, if we're stewards, how are we doing at that? Scientists are telling us we're not doing very well at all. Uh, we're being warned of climate change and pollution of our air and our water. Believers in Christ should be leading the way and changing our habits and setting an example for the rest of the world in taking care of God's creation. I so appreciate what Christian theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, The earth which nourishes me has a rightful claim on my work and energy in return. I have no right to despise the earth on which I live and move. I am bound to it by loyalty and gratitude. It would be evading God's call if I were to dream away my earthly life in longing for thoughts of heaven. We're called to be stewards. And and by the way, how are we doing with the management of our own possessions and our money how are you managing those riches that god has entrusted you with we need to ask that if we truly believe god is cr- the creator of heaven and earth are you holding on to them tightly selfishly or and using them only for self or are you holding on to them loosely gratefully seeing everything as a gift from god giving a portion back to him with thanksgiving in your heart With the words of this hymn, we give thee but thine own, whatever the gift may be, all that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. Finally, the fourth thing, knowing God's intentions, his perfect world, we see how far we've fallen We keep that in mind, and so we pray and we long for his kingdom to come. A perfect world under him is on its way. So we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As Christians you see we look back on Genesis 1 and we see God's original intentions and we remember that because of what Jesus has done for us a new heaven and a new earth is coming on the final day and it will be perfect there will be no hint of death and decay no killing or malice or hate or one-upmanship or arrogance or pride or destruction everything will once again be very good Restored to what God intended it. And belonging to Jesus by grace through faith, we will enjoy eternity with him who made us and redeemed us for himself. Now, I want to conclude this message today with this final thought. As a Lutheran, a proud Lutheran at that, I can't help but think of the meaning of the first article in Martin Luther's Small Catechism that I memorized as a teenager in Confirmation. I believe that God has created me and all that exists. He's given me and still preserves my body and soul with all their powers. He provides me with food and clothing, home and family, daily work, and all I need from day to day. God also protects me in time of danger and guards me from every evil. All this he has done out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, though we do not deserve it. And here's the part that we need to remember today as we finish this up. Therefore, we ought to thank, praise, serve, and obey him. This is most certainly true. Amen to that. Let's pray. Gracious God how great thou art. Thank you for life and breath and everything. Help us to always keep in mind that this is your world. It's in your hands and that you love it. Help us to remember that you know, as our maker, what makes life work best. Help us to trust in you To surrender ourselves to your care and place our faith in your Son Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. The
0: Lord bless you and
2: keep you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace and give you peace. Oh Lord.
0: You've been worshiping with the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray you have decided to place your trust in God, the maker of heaven and earth, and in His Son, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer of the world. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Many people choose to support this ministry with a memorial gift, which is given to remember a loved one or friend. Daily prayer is also a very important way to support the work of this ministry. Address your gifts and prayer concerns to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. We invite you to visit our website at www.christiancrusaders.org. Our website is extremely easy to find important links to podcasts or rebroadcasts of past programs and is a secure and convenient way to use your credit card in support of this ministry. We are happy you chose to join us today, and we look forward to worshiping with you again next Sunday. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 85th year of broadcasting biblical truth.